Can't wait to talk about Chiefs receivers. You see MVS? He's back. How? Oh, he was around. Yeah, he was alive. Yeah, but what happens if Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony are back? Like, then we have to figure that out? Yeah, I'm, I didn't get that far. <laughs> I'm sticking with MVS. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL First Look Strategy Show. Very sad to say that this is the last one we'll be doing. And honestly, man, I, I, I look every year. Every year I look forward to doing the first look strategy show with you for week one, where we do it like, like we'll do a first look salary show like yep. a month out. And then the first look strategy show a couple weeks out from week one. I look forward to that more than anything because it means we're here. You know what I mean? It just sucks that the season goes by so quickly and it's championship weekend already. We're whittled down to two games. Then as, as exciting as the Super Bowl is, it's like the least exciting time for me personally, not because of anything else other than there's only one game. And while there's a huge menu of betting options, like it's, it's also the most heavily bet game ever. So it's not like you're like when I bet the Super Bowl, I'm doing honestly, unless you find something crazy or you're crazy like Aton and you're just hitting on the octopus in the first half. Um, like you're betting the Super Bowl most times for entertainment. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Super Bowl, honestly. It, it's more a catalyst that March Madness is coming for me. Uh, I don't really uh, like the game, most likely. I don't have teams either, so like, you know, it's not like, oh, my team is in the Super Bowl. That that doesn't really happen. It's not a great betting game, but it's still fun. And yeah, I mean, maybe we'll think of something to do next week. We'll do a, a Hippo Gorilla special um, <laughs> first look. But yeah, it's been... It's been a hell of a year. We're, you know, it goes fast. Like I said, college football feels like it barely started and it's been over for like a month now. It's it's crazy. It does suck, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of sucks. Like I said, I bet a lot of different sports. So like I'm looking forward to some other stuff. You got the Olympics sure. too. So that's sweet. Um, and look, NBA has been awesome, especially with the Sims and the late swap tool. Like yeah. that, that, we got the Sims tool for PGA. It's making my life way easier to where I'm just MMA, like, same thing. Yeah, MMA, just like heavily invested in all of this. And it's been a lot more fun. It's just, you know what, maybe, and I don't know where you guys are at, by the way, glad to have you with us. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always, as we've done every single week, David Eckenrod said, <laughs> better have some good banter to begin <laughs> the show to make up for this lost 10 minutes of my life. The troll, as always, don't blame me. Blame the guys before us. But congrats, David. I saw, brother. I saw with the, the $500 win yesterday. Oh. Um, yeah, man. He tweeted at us. Little $500 NBA win. Appreciate the info, gents. Finally got the big one in the NBA streets. So naturally, I responded to him with right on time. Uh, but you know why I think this NFL season has been more fun than others? Yes, there are every, like every year we have odd slates and odd weeks. And we've had some weird weather games where we've had two, like COVID season was crazy. But man, the second half of the season, we had football several weeks, like five, six weeks where you had like four different days of football. You know what I mean? You had Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, main slate showdown, two game Saturday slates, doubleheader Mondays. I feel like that's just made it more exciting to where every single week 
you're looking at some unique days where we can kind of just play DFS NFL where we didn't have that before. No doubt. Uh, I'm really, am stunned that the NFL has not taken Friday. I really don't understand that. I, right? I, I keep thinking, because like traditionally this was my understanding and maybe I'm wrong. I was always under the assumption that you've got Thursday. Friday is reserved for high school. That's why they don't do it. That's a thing, particularly in the South. Saturday is college. Right, right. You got Sunday and you got Monday. But it just seems like the NFL can do what they want. And if you took another team and put them on Friday, like a Friday night football game would crush. It'd be awesome. And do you really need more than, do you ever really need more than nine or 10 games on a Sunday from one to four? Lock one game from one o'clock and isolate it. I mean, how huge would that be? It'd be awesome. Not to mention, it would be great for you and me because the fewer games on a main slate, the better. Like, give me, dude, how sick would it be to have nine, 10 game main slates other than perfect. the non bye weeks, but across almost uniformly across the board? That'd be so sick. Yeah. Extra showdown. They could do Thursday, Friday, two gamers. Hell yeah. How, like, that would be, I, I'm really surprised that that's not like floated. I, it, I, Look, the schedule makers, instead of spending their time trying to figure out which team is going to be the darling this year and scheduling them 14 times for primetime, like the Broncos, like the Jets. Granted, nice job. Like the, the Jets, I don't blame them because Aaron Rodgers, but maybe just don't schedule them eight times and you never have to worry about that, right? Like maybe just don't schedule a team eight times and you don't have to worry about them underperforming or or getting hurt. Like the, You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, so here's what I'm thinking. If the, the schedule makers and all of their genius, they got to find a way to do weekly Monday night doubleheaders or just like an East Coast or a Midwest game. You know what I mean? Like, a, a, And then a West Coast game. How sick yeah. would that be every week? I would be for that. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, it was the Packers and the Giants, I want to say, and Titans, Dolphins, they did yeah. it that week, and it was awesome. Titans um, won, right? Didn't Titans beat yeah. the Dolphins? Yeah, that screwed up everything. And that the Giants beat the Packers. Yeah, that, that was a crazy... Tommy DeVito crazy. stole a soul. He certainly did. A good one. One of the more... Turned out to be a very good soul, because the Packers are good. Man, I got. I have to ask you before we get into this. Before we get, I do. I, by the way, do you have any goblins of the week? I have one. Now it's not like severe goblin of the week. Let me just give it to you because we'll okay. get into our bets at the end, and I want to get your thoughts on Brock Purdy and what we saw last week. I do have one. Sean McDermott, and I'll tell you why. Oh yeah, I got a good one actually. Go ahead. The Demar Hamlin fake punt. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Dude, I'm telling you, it just felt like they were trying to create a narrative. Let me get a little conspiratorial on you for a second. Great. Why in the world are you doing that? The talk of the town all year to start the season was DeMar Hamlin, and now you're in the postseason second round, and it's like, yo, this guy's probably not in the league next year. You know what I mean? They got banged up secondary. He's not even getting on the field. But he is on special teams. We should go for it on fourth down with DeMar Hamlin. And then when he makes it, oh my God, what now? It's everywhere. Sports Center, top 10. What's number one? You better believe it's going to be DeMar Hamlin 
on a fake punt. Pat. Am I wrong about that? Like, you know it would be, right? So, a couple of things. Here. Indulge One, me. I will indulge you. One, it would be a lot bigger story if the Chiefs didn't fumble out of the back of the end zone right after. Because ultimately, it didn't, ma- it didn't matter as much as it would have. But still a bad decision. Horrible decision. Now, all the geniuses, by the way, I do want to take a shot at, at all the geniuses that I, I thought he was a hologram, so he couldn't be tackled. <laughs> turns out, guess not, because uh, he's supposed to go right down the end zone since he's a hologram. Uh, that's probably what the Bills were playing for. So I'm interested to see how they reconcile that on, on Twitter. But Yeah, but how would a hologram hold on to the football? Well, that could have been a problem, too. If he would have just <laughs> Imagine if he would have just straight fumbled. like It looked like he just like, couldn't grasp the ball. Now, that would be a story. Um, it'd be even, dude, it'd be even worse if someone just didn't pick oh. him up and he's just, that also would have been bad. A lot of bad like, things, but it was an awful call. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to give you a goblin of the week, which well, hold on I'll, a second. Go, okay. Keep do you going. Not think, do, do you think there was some element of that play being like a boy, if this works, imagine the story. So in all seriousness, this is what I'll say. I would be, I think there's no chance that they ran that play because of that. But I do think there is a chance they knew they wanted to run that play and they figured it really doesn't matter who. That's what I'm saying. So let's give it to him. Let's give it to him. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So we're hundred percent on the same page. Yes. They're not calling a fake punt to get him the ball, but if they're going to call a fake punt, they might go in the ham the ball. Yes. Oh, man, come to the dark side, baby. Yeah, look, it was... No, no, no. All I'm saying, it, I don't think they had the Hamlin special, you know, ready to go in the in the divisional round. No. But to your point, this is what I'm saying. When you decide to run something like that, who better to give it to? I agree with that. I do. Right. Yeah. That's that's what it is. And if, I know, I know if you agree with this, if you I, agree with this, it's got legs. Yeah. I don't All agree. Right. that he, Like I said, turns out not a hologram. That's my biggest takeaway. <laughs> a hologram uh, couldn't hold the ball, though, dude. Idiots. Anyway, my God. Wait, were, we... people, were people saying he was a hologram? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you must have missed that. Um Right, which I'm ahead. surprised with what your four you must look like. I'm surprised it wasn't all over it, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Goblin of the week for me. This is something that it was talked about a little bit. This should never be a goblin of the week. And would it have mattered? Probably not. I don't know if you caught this. The Buccaneers refused to take their last time out for no reason. That I saw somebody showing that there was like a mess up on the screen that they already took it. No, they didn't. For sure. Uh, yeah, well, that would be even worse because then then their coach is a moron because his explanation after the game made no sense on top of that. Because the right explanation there would be we had no timeouts. His was the game was over. We had a, a not a gentleman's agreement, but at that point, there's no reason to call it, which is inaccurate because there's 30. The Lions also are goblins because they could have taken it all the way down and they didn't. They just knelt. They knelt with 15 seconds left on the play clock, and there was 36 seconds left on the game clock, and you didn't call timeout. You got to call timeout. Was that on third down that they knelt? Yes. Yes. So you're wait. So you're telling me that there would have been 30 plus seconds yes. left on the clock? Yes. Yes. Down and one. Now, score. now, for the record, 
the Lions were in field goal range if they kick a field goal and make it, the game's over. Of course, but still, they, they could miss, miss. it. It's playoffs, man. Like, you you fight to the end there. You call timeout. You have to. That's crazy. Yeah. After yeah. He I... didn't want, thank you. Look at chat. He didn't want to delay the inevitable. Well, the inevitable is you're going to get fired because you don't know what you're doing. Yo, that's, um, that's, that's a good goblin. I, I was at my, uh, I was at my in-laws and I had, Oh, I had that three leg same game parlay that hmm. plus five, uh, five eighty money. I saw that. And we hit, we dude the Baker two touchdowns and two seventy five plus passing yards was just a cakewalk, right? That was, that was over before it started, but then we needed the Mike Evans touchdown. We got it. After I got that though, I'm sitting there feeling good. Cause we threw it out on the show, threw it out on odd shopper. Yep. After all that, I'm like, all right, well, I still have clear impl DFS implications. So let me let me ride this one out. But then once I saw um once I saw the Lions drive it down, I think I just got up. I had that we, we were going home. I didn't even, until I saw some tweets talking about that. Then I saw other people in the comments to the tweets being like, Oh, I think it was just messed up. Like the screen, right? Uh the graphic. But then you're saying Todd Bowles actually knew he had a timeout. That's yes. that's Justin said that's a fireable offense. That's pretty close, dude. I'll tell you what, it makes me think that he didn't know he had a timeout uh, and also that nobody told him he had a timeout and he didn't want to put the blame on anyone else for not telling him because there should be people telling you. Seriously, it feels like that. It feels like someone would be like, yo, call the fucking timeout, dude, now. The I'm pretty sure this is, to me, the correct response is that I never in a million years thought that the Lions wouldn't take the time down and we missed it and that's on me because if the lions just didn't kneel for an unknown reason none of this is a matter they take it down to like eight seconds or something yeah but not the, the lions knelt with like a ton of time on the play clock on third down for no reason and at that moment you have to take time out because there's yep. 36 seconds left or don't and now we're here like Maybe it's something in the water down there because the, the coach of Miami <laughs> didn't kneel and fumbled the game away. Yep. This guy doesn't know what's going on. It, it's it's very disturbing that you don't call timeout in the playoffs. You got to do that. Ready to talk some championship round? Do it. Hey, guys, happy to have you with us. Take a single second if you haven't done so yet. All we ask is that you take a second, hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. I know we forget that's okay. It's a subtle reminder. We got busy lives. Help us out a little bit here. And if, hey, by the way, if you're watching or listening after the fact, leave a comment down below. We try and read and respond to all of them. And if you ever want to listen in podcast form, I said it yesterday. We've been getting a lot of snow lately. You're outside shoveling. Got the got the, got the, the snowblower out there. Or as Ben would do, you're pulling the tarp away from your driveway that's covered. Somebody in a sent me some type of tarp invention that no problem. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing any of that maybe you don't have youtube premium you want to close your phone podcast form baby apple podcast spotify any archaic platform somehow we're still there don't ask me how um but yeah check them out <clears throat> let's get into it uh, mateus said cook over prop was 65 yards he had six, 63 going into the fourth and didn't get it so i hit that same game parlay i also had a free 20 dollar bet uh on caesars and i went four touchdown four anytime touchdowns hit Ben, which was solid hit the four anytime touchdown score four leg parlay. But I also had a three leg same game parlay in that last game. 
And the last leg I needed, because I had a Kelsey touchdown, Josh Allen touchdown. The last one I needed was James Cook over, I think, what, 62 and a half? He had 63 and then lost a yard and finished with 62. So I feel you on that one, brother. I feel you on that. What were you laughing at? No, I was, yeah. I mean, that that whole thing was gross to go back multiple times like that. Um, yeah, because he had the 63 if you had 62 and a half, which I did. Yeah, just absurd. But no, I feel I was laughing because like I've I've also been on the odd chopper if you're in our Discord, which again you should be in. Uh we've had some of those. Like I've taken down some like multiple games that I've it has ended with this. Like historic, unseen in two decades. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, the only common thread that I can find between these is that I keep betting on. <laughs> I killed Bayern Munich's home goal streak. It's been going back since like seven years to just get shut out at home the other day there was one that you and i bet right before covid you i would tailing you on a college basketball bet and they were up by like yeah, 26 Illinois. with five minutes to go yeah lost Eastern outright Illinois. yeah against murray state that was when they had jaw you remember that yeah. that's when murray state had jaw and it was just another just a typical tuesday over here but that's neither here nor there look that's why the books will pay out touchdown props right away i'm gonna you find know? that box score and i'm gonna put it on the screen do it they'll pay but they won't pay out yardage totals like that when the game is live because you can always go backwards all right let's do it we're talking quarterbacks ben i'll let you pull that up while i get into this uh one other thing i noticed did you guys notice this did you okay so like ben who would you say are the four best tight ends in football four best tight ends in football uh kittle mm -hmm. i would put mark andrews in there mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. know i know that he's often banged up uh -huh. um I mean, obviously, Kelsey. are you asking if Laporta belongs in there? Because I don't well, I'm think saying he does. obviously Kelsey, Kelsey. I still think he's in there. And I think For, it's Laporta. OK, I'd probably go like Hawkinson. Um, Hawkinson solid. Yeah, honestly, I think that we're going to find out that it's McBride, but not yet. OK, not yet. Yeah. And, and Njoku had a great resurgence. But like, OK, all I'm saying is you could make an argument that the four guys I just named are top four right in the league. You make an argument for that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. They're all on this slate. Wait till you see the screenshot. Yeah, they are on the slate. Massive. Massive crazy, tight right? end up. So you have Andrews coming back, Kelsey, Laporta, and you have uh, Kittle all on the same slate of four games. The final four teams all have an elite tight end. So it makes it uh, makes it an interesting slate, but we can talk quarterbacks here uh, and get into this off the top. Lamar Jackson was spectacular against Houston. You were right. They ended up routing them. Good thing I teased those two down because not that one, but San Francisco only won by a field goal. Teased that to two and a half. Wouldn't have looked good otherwise. What are we doing at the quarterback position where you've got Lamar against Casey? None of these are particularly good matchups really outside of Brock Purdy against Detroit. And Brock Purdy did not look particularly good last week. Not to mention Brock Purdy also may not have Debo Samuel. So we'll pay close attention to that Debo Samuel news because that could turn into a lot of John Jennings. What are we doing at quarterback? I have some real thoughts going into this weekend. Yeah, I mean, listen, you've got you're in the championship game. So you got four quarterbacks that know what you're what they're doing. 
The trickiest part right off the bat, you're going to see a lot more of this this week because it just worked. Lamar last week, naked was the move. He actually didn't somehow stack great with anybody. Um, you you're going to see a lot of people. You, you called it. You said you would run some Lamar plus one. Which I did. I didn't have or, him naked, though. Or you did say, it's funny because on the show, you said you would absolutely consider a solo, just naked and, Lamar Jackson. And that's what you, like Isaiah likely wasn't winning anything for you. That was the killer, though. When we did the show, I thought Andrews was going to play. Right. And right. that screwed everything up because the cheap price point really funneled me to, I got skinny of with course. Lamar and likely. And um, likely wasn't terrible. He still had like 11 or 12, but it wasn't, it wasn't domination. And it wasn't like, there wasn't enough of an attachment to Lamar for it to be necessary. Because Kittle and Kelsey also played. Exactly. Really well. So that was where it was tricky. Now, Paying down a quarterback. Laporta had a decent game too. He did, yeah. And we we said last week paying down a quarterback was pretty interesting with Baker, and that worked out great. I think it's kind of the same thing with Goff this week. I know he's got to hit the road, but San Francisco's defense. Listen, it's the Niners. I do think they're going to play well. They're not invincible by any stretch. Uh, Goff's going to have his shots, and if he throws the ball forty three times again, he's going to make value at sixty three. Uh, so, you know, I. Where do you go? I think you kind of go wherever the pricing takes you. I do think Debo in or out is a big catalyst to how much Purdy I want, though. I'll say that much. Yeah, because Purdy is not the type of guy that is creating production. Uh, Purdy's not Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, for real, though, Baker makes some. That dude has a cannon of an arm. He battles. I don't like Baker whatsoever, but you don't have battles. to, but that, listen, if you're coming in to a, to a Baker Mayfield led offense might take you a little while to get used to the zip that he's got on his arm. I mean, seriously, he rockets them. He throws some lasers. I give him that. And listen, against the Eagles and against Detroit, Baker was ripping them 20, 30 yards downfield. I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to Baker this season. I, I really do. You don't have to like him. You have to at least look at what he did this year on like a contract where he was clearly just a, like a get us through this season type of player took him into the second round. And by, in my opinion, by no fault of his own, did they, did they lose that game? Like, was he perfect? No, he's still Baker Mayfield, but he threw for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns and kept them competitive on the road. Very, very competitive. They were in that game. If they play that game 10 times, the bucks are winning more than one or two. I'll tell you for that sure. much. Uh, for sure. So I get it. I think for me, it's just, it's almost backwards. I, I always say the other thing. Almost every week when we talk about quarterbacks, I say, you know, Lamar can get you there, isolated points, we, the rushing upside. I'm going to flip it this week because everyone's looking at that. If Lamar does not rush for 100 yards, how big of an advantage is it going to be to not play him? Like, is he really going to give you enough through the air or are you just spending money on rushing upside that doesn't doesn't materialize? I agree. Uh, also, we saw that Kansas City had some some real holes on the ground against Isaiah Pacheco uh, last week. Like, I I, I don't. I, I'm sorry against uh, James Cup, and then they kind of just went away from that. I'm, I'm sure you noticed. Like they just went away from that ground game, which was he was dude. He was carving them up. So was Ty Johnson on a couple so of was runs. Allen. So was Allen. I really thought that, like, I really thought James Cook was well on his way to a hundred yard game. He was he was carving him up. 
Dalvin Cook played like played nine snaps, had eight carries last week. Uh, Gus Edwards had 10 attempts. Justice Hill had 13. This is a weird football team, man. Because you have Bateman, you have Mark Andrews back. Does he come back in full capacity or does he split with Isaiah likely? You have Beckham. You have Zay Flowers in kind of no man's land price point if you guys look at pricing for this week. Man, I that's the reason that playing Lamar really sucks sometimes because like if you play him naked or you play him plus one, I, honestly, maybe I do just go Lamar plus, plus Mark Andrews in a spot like this. I think it's going to be the most common build still. Uh, he's the one quarterback, and this is very, very weird for to say on a two-game slate. He's the one quarterback that I think you'll leverage more by adding more Ravens, which is is the opposite of any short slate. Oh, you're absolutely right. I don't like maybe I, maybe Lamar plus three is the move. And I don't think anyone's going to want to do something like that, including me. Why would I want to do that? Right, but it might make sense. It might make sense. He's he's before. It's not like I know everyone is. It's Lamar. What do you think of? Ridiculous rushing upside. The guy threw. I mean, I know it wasn't the biggest game in the world, but it's still a big game at home. He threw five touchdown passes against Miami. Like, it's not like he can't do that. Uh, do I think that's going to happen against the Chiefs defense? Obviously not. But Lamar could do that, and no one is going to play it like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look. Since week seven, he has three games, three separate games with 300-plus passing yards and three-plus touchdowns. That's not even including the rushing upside that you've seen in those, right? Like 70 rushing yards in one of them, 35 in the other. He didn't need to against Miami, as you pointed out. Um, nine for 36 against Detroit when he had three touchdowns. All of these, by the way, were home games. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a good Kansas City defense and a good secondary but Lamar can get it done that way. And the other thing, these attachments aren't expensive. Not at all. And that's that's where it is pretty appealing. And I will say, I'm going to actually step back and take a, it's not even a victory lap, but Baltimore really, I know that game was close at the beginning because of the punt return. Baltimore really overwhelmed them. Baltimore they looked did. good. You're They're absolutely a good right. team. Um, yeah, at halftime it was close and then it was just over. It was yeah, over it was but over. blink of an eye. Their ability when they get it rolling to just just absolutely stomp, stomp you out is is tough. And I, I worry. I actually worry because it felt like the Bills had that at various points. You alluded to this just before where the Bills had it moving and they gave up on it. And Baltimore will Baltimore's not going to do that. I promise you if they're running it and they're in that in that groove, they're just going to keep doing it. Which is actually why we're going to talk about Baltimore running backs. It's a mess. It's a mess, but um, we have to. Like, we, you might not want to, but we have to talk about Baltimore running backs, and we will. But uh, just to wrap up quarterback, honestly, you can go anywhere here. It's yeah. Let's be fair. It's still Patrick Mahomes, okay? Uh, I like Mahomes last week more than this week, and he was still just okay. He didn't need to do a ton, by the way. Only attempted 23 passes. But if I were to rank quarterbacks right now, forget about tiers. I think I'd still put Lamar number one because of the rushing upside. So I still I. think I would. And despite a poor performance last week, I still put Brock Purdy second. And here's the reason. <clears throat> you get to a point in the season now where all of the, you know, most of these defenses are going to, 75% of these pass defenses are really quite impressive, right? Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco. 
Detroit's secondary still has some major flaws, some major weaknesses. And be it tackling, yards after the catch, whatever it may be, I still think even after last week, we'd be crazy not to look at Brock Purdy and think that they might really have an opportunity to open things up because Detroit has a very good run defense as well. They do. I get it. I actually just, it's weird because it, 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 it's kind of counterintuitive because how are they going to get to this point? And Purdy, I think, is going to play well. It was also, for what it's worth, and I, I didn't give this enough credit, it was miserable weather in the San Francisco game. Yep. Uh, yep. A lot so, of rain. A lot of rain. Purdy should be in a better spot. I just worry that volume-wise, he's still under a blueprint of just do not screw anything up. Uh, and Goff is not going to have that luxury. I think Goff could honestly double the amount of attempts in certain scenarios of Purdy. I, I could see that as well. But I will say, when your job is to not screw things up, but you have an outlet in Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and maybe Debo Samuel, I mean, it's hard to screw things up. So... We'll see. I'd put Goff third. I think I'd put Mahomes fourth at the price point. I would have it the same way, except I would flip Goff and Purdy. It's very close. I just, the volume, the aggressiveness, and the fact that I think I think Detroit might get absolutely throttled uh, actually, I think, work in Goff's favor. You think Detroit could get steamrolled here? I, I really do. I know everyone is seeing it the other way. I do not see it that way. How do you think that happens? So that's that's where it's like, is that Purdy getting there? Um I think so, honestly. Possibly. Definitely possible. And I'll definitely build like that. But I also Because don't I don't think... think Goff makes enough critical mistakes to where it's all San Fran defense that gets him there. Part of it, though, I think it could be coaching. Like, they're down 10-3 on their 30, and Dan Campbell's just like, we're going. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Uh, and if that doesn't work, it's 17 to three. And then it's like, well, now we're really go. Like, I think it could snowball. I also think, listen, the lions are a good team. They can go in there and definitely hang. There's a lot of scenarios where the game is not in terms of beatdown, but like where the Packers Cowboys game, it just got out of control for like two full quarters. I could see golf in that mode where it's just like dropping back and trying to score and trying to play catch up. Uh, and I think McCaffrey obviously is going to have a big game as he always does. Close. We'll see about Debo, too. If Debo's in, that helps Purdy, obviously. Let's talk running backs. Before we do, by the way, uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, you see it in the top right. If you're not on sleeper yet, Lamar Jackson, free square, baby. Oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson, free square, which means that his passing yards prop this week, Ben, is down from 210.5 to 0.5. You don't get that on traditional sports books. And on Sleeper, you can up to 100x your payout, play up to eight legs per any lineup, $500 first match deposit bonus. So figured I'd let you know about that one. Lamar Jackson, if you're not there, or if you are there, take advantage of it already. 0.5 passing yards, free square. That's a beauty going into championship weekend. Loaded into anything, whether it's, you know, three NFL, two NBA on a, on a five on a five-leg card, whatever. You, you want to throw any other sport in there, you can up to one heck 100 extra entry. Plus, like I said, you're getting up to a $500 first match deposit bonus. So even if you only have 50, it's still 100. It's still 200 if you have 100. If you have the 500, that's a massive bonus. But if nothing else, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, you're still doubling it and you're still getting Lamar Jackson free square at a half a yard. 
Uh, can't stress enough how important it is to shop around on these pick'em sites, Ben. You can't just be on one of them and expect to get plus EV plays every week, every day. That's the, like, you know, again, if you're in our Discord and, and part of Odd Shopper Premium, number one of the number one questions I get all the time is how to approach pick'em sites. And the number one answer is take the, you know, the point fives, the layups and start there. If you just go around the sites, you can get three or four of those a week, depending on what sites, if you add them all together. And Sleeper is certainly in that mix. Great opportunity, no doubt about it. Also, unrelated. You're getting more to- than four of them a week with football playoffs, too. That's what I mean. If you just focused on those, you know those are are making the card plus EV. There's no doubt about it. Like, you're putting a leg in there that's an automatic. So, why not just start there and then build from there, honestly? Yeah. I'll be. Exactly. I'll admit it. I don't do enough of that. I try to stay on top of it, and I miss some. It is as good of a spot as you can put yourself in. Link in the description. Link in chat. If you're trying to get the $500 first match deposit bonus, the free that pick. I bet Eastern Illinois. I oh, found really? the game, by the way. Check it out if you haven't been there yet. It's a good one, man. Also, they have the dynamic pricing, so you can actually take touchdown score, touchdown props and stuff like that. You see, look at that. You okay, what, hold see, on. You see what we're dealing with? You see what I deal with, chap? Yeah, yeah, there it is. It's just 100% for, for two hours, and it just it falls off a cliff. One might ask, how can be some? How can something be a hundred percent and then not a hundred percent? Yeah, well, that's what I deal with. That's I why define. I hate that crap. Yeah. Get that, get that off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk running back. So, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Just, I'm, I'm not sure how much we even need to talk about this. I understand he is expensive. Um, also, uh, it is not lost on me that this week you are going to have to play some guys you don't love. Right, you're gonna have to dig deep at wide receiver. You're probably gonna like if Debo's out, you might end up on a Ray Ray McLeod or a Chris Conley. Obviously, you're gonna be looking at Juwan Jennings, but he was preemptively priced up. You're probably gonna have to look at some Rashad Bateman types, some Jamison Williams, those type of guys. It's just the way it is. You might even look at a $2,500 Noah Gray in some double tap tight end lineups. It's just just the nature of a two game slate in the final round of well, second to final round of the postseason. So with that in mind, I'm going to do what I can to get to Christian McCaffrey, Ben. Correct. So the, the tricky thing about two-game slates, and obviously I'm painting with a broad brush here, value almost never comes from running back because there just aren't – you can't get there. No, McCaffrey with, played 98% of snaps last week, as I expected. Like, you got to up it like this. The miracle of all miracles last week was Craig Reynolds scoring. He scored on one carry. Yeah, And he was still, not that anyone in the world played him, but if you did, he would have been objectively terrible and it went as good as it could go. Yep, and the 4K is minimum salary at running back. That's why it's not possible to really do that. Justice Hill got a lot more work than I anticipated. And he's firmly in play. Like, I'm not talking about guys like him. I'm talking about you can't punt with a, a backup running back, in my opinion. I think that's not the right approach. I would rather punt with a fifth string wide receiver, a backup tight end. Someone that can get there on one or two opportunities. Running back is not built for that. Yep. Craig Reynolds had at four thousand dollars scored. Yeah, one, 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 one carry for one yard. Yeah, exactly. And had fewer fantasy points than had the same fantasy points as a cheaper Jameis Jamison Williams. Had had fewer than Rashad Bateman, who had three for thirty-four. Right, like. 
Marquez Valdez Scantling had two for 62 without a touchdown and still had more. So yes, you're, you're hundred percent right. It's, it's not practical. I will say though, you mentioned that justice Hill saw more work than you anticipated. I don't disagree, but I'm not shocked by that. The fact that Dalvin cook had eight carries on nine snaps to me might signal that you could see Dalvin cook get even more involved in his second game. And this is where I'm having some trouble because Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Dalvin Cook is almost minimum salary. Eight carries in that game on nine snaps, Ben. Nine snaps, eight carries. We saw this Kansas City run defense really have some holes before McDermott decided to go away from the run. That's another goblin move. I think Dalvin Cook has to be in the conversation. So... He's definitely someone you have to consider, but I'll say this, and I, I we can dig into this a little more. I think that if you think that Dalvin Cook factors in, you have to assume that the Ravens absolutely... I don't think he's getting carries, a lot of carries in a game that's not out of control. How many he of his carries the were, late, were super late in the game? A lot. Were they? Yeah, he took a full drive late. And then, ironically, Lamar scored on a QB keep on that drive, but which is insane. But yeah, Dalvin Cook worked in a little bit, but he would not have had, he got a full drive worth of carries late. Then it's, yeah. I mean, I still, by the way, I still think you have to consider him just because he was like, he was not only active, but still saw work. And, and also kind of blowout run is a lot different in a playoff game than it is in a regular season game. Like you're still not trying to put guys out there that you hate in a, in a, in a, in a playoff game. You know what I mean? They can make mistakes. But yeah, Justice Hill is value. You have to look towards him, right? You, you, at at 4,800, you have to. You can't go to Elijah Mitchell because McCaff- I said it last week. McCaff- I, I said McCaffrey might play 100% of snaps. I think he played all but one snap. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got on the field a little bit. He had two carries. He did rack up a 28-yard run, had one reception. You know, if you want to go crazy and do that, fine. But I'd still rather pay $1,000 less or more and just hope that one of these receivers, Ben can give me a long touchdown. Like, you know, Jamison Williams could give me a 40 yard touchdown or, you know, you know what I mean? Like even a 20 yard yes. touchdown. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, he's not really live for that. And the touchdown equity is lower. The touch count is less valuable. So even if he touches the ball three times on the ground, it's largely less valuable against a great Baltimore defense. So it comes down to, for me on this slate, McCaffrey, Pacheco, Edwards and Hill, I guess. And then the problem I have with Gibbs, San Francisco did give up a bunch of receiving yards to running backs this year, but Gibbs keeps getting there on really limited volume. And I almost prefer Montgomery at a cheaper price point because, okay, nine carries. I know he had four receptions last game, which was really important, but like you're talking 13 and 12 looks over the last two games, touchdowns on both. If Jameer Gibbs isn't scoring at that price point against the San Francisco defense, you'd be looking at a real, like you're just a hundred percent banking on efficiency every single week with him. A lot of risk. It's a dangerous game. Now he's really good. So he can get there. Of course. Uh, So elusive. Super, super good. Just a dangerous game. The problem with Gibbs is there's not a lot of middle ground. If it, if it doesn't go right on limited volume, you're getting like four and he's done. And that's just the game you play. He obviously belongs in the pool. There's no doubt about it, but that's because 
running back is super limited. I, I think this is definitely a week, by the way. I don't say this often, but this is not a normal week. Like, if you want to just say I'm locking McCaffrey and I'll figure out one other running back to win some weird flex lineups, I think that's a, a pretty reasonable approach. Uh, I think I'll be doing a lot. I, th I think that's very much. I might lock him. I haven't decided, but it's not impossible that I just say, you know what? I'm just going to not worry about that. He's he's going to be part of an optimal. You may not need to lock him. If you're using the Sims, you may just get 95%. Yeah, that's also true. It may do it for me. Yeah, I think it probably will. Um, what about Pacheco, though? It's a, it's a tough spot, but you know what? You You can't really be choosy here on a slate like this. No, definitely. I mean, I love Pacheco. I've been playing him all. The problem do. last week was there was just so many guys in that range. This guy is a tank. He is so good. He runs so hard. Uh, he scores. He can catch the ball if they ask him to. He's the opposite of Gibbs to me in every way. I'd be stunned if he has a bad game. I also don't think he, unless he really gets going, he doesn't have that like monster upside as much. But Pacheco is, to me, the clear second. You have... McCaffrey has, you know, tier one and Pacheco to me is the next best option. I agree. David said thoughts on a true punt uh, that could put up zero, but allow studs everywhere else. Dude, that's not just a theory here. That's, that's going to be something you're doing. It, unless we get crazy news, that's going to be something you're doing. Like very possible that you're playing Ray Ray McLeod or Chris Conley. If Debo is out, they could get blanked and everything could go to Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey and Juwan Jennings. Um, Miko Hardman, you, you might just end up playing Miko Hardman at $3,000, $3,400 MVS. Th th that's just the way the slate's going to break down. In my opinion, Ben, you're just going to have to bite the bullet. And none of the guys you mentioned were running backs. No. Cause to you me, can do that's that, not just even not a running punt. back. Yep. Like I would much rather punt Noah Gray than any cheap running back on this slate. It's not even, it's not even a question. No, he's punting running back is closer. Right. I mean, I'm making an extreme example. Punting running back is closer to punting quarterback than it is to punting receiver. Yeah, like you can't punt with a backup quarterback. Obviously, that doesn't work for obvious reasons. Like running back is, you, unless you really see a, a path, and I do not. I would not touch any of these guys that don't have secure volume. Neither would I, because the touches are so so much less valuable too. That's the problem with Dalvin Cook is while I yeah. mentioned that you have to at least consider it only because it's a two game site, you're not, the team already doesn't pass to running backs. You already have a running back in Lamar Jackson and then Gus Edwards and justice Hill. And neither of those guys are getting any volume in the passing game. So yeah, I mean, that's gross, man. Like I said, Noah Gray ran 13 routes last week. Okay. Ran 13 routes. Granted, Kelsey ran 23. Rushy Rice ran 19. So it's not like 13 is anything crazy on a day where Mahomes only threw 23 times. Uh, I think Noah Gray, Noah Gray might be the best punt on this slate. Oh, yeah, Noah Gray. I mean, he's in an offense, too, that is very prone to, like, mix it up around the goal line. They do a 100%. lot of weird stuff. And that's what you're, you're asking, because, like, what are you asking for? One red zone target. That's it. One red zone target. That's all. And by the way, at 2,500, if you have one for seven and a touchdown, it's a lot different. Yeah, than it's almost 40, four acts. 4K, one for one and a rushing touchdown. A lot different. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anything else on running back here? We can rank them too. I have no, I, I, I'm, 
I think I'd still put I would definitely still put Pacheco second. So would I. I think I'm going David Montgomery third though. I am I'm going Gibbs third. Okay. Would you go Montgomery four then? No, I would go Edwards four. Really? Yep. What what about Hill or Montgomery? I would go Hill five. I don't like Montgomery. Okay. It's, this goes back to I really think that the Lions have a, a pretty good chance to just be phased out of anything they want to do. I get that. I think it's possible too, but I think Mon- Montgomery's position as a goal lineback is still valuable, and I still think it's a good offense. I mean, there's no arguing that. It, 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 is, it is secure, I'd say. Um, like I think they could get phased out of the run, and then and then they still get it down to the five, and Montgomery's getting multiple opportunities. Yeah, there's a chance of that for sure. But it seems like when the Lions are trailing, their their red zone offense turns into just like outrageous, for sure, like just crazy plays. DJ Doomy, huh? how many points does Gray need to pay off his salary? It doesn't really work like that because if this ends up being a low-scoring weekend, Noah Gray could give you eight at the flat. Now, I don't think I have much interest in going Noah Gray at tight end. We'll see. For me, it would probably be with another tight end, like especially if Debo's out. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I still think I'd want more kill. I don't know. We'll see. It could result in just more cheap wide receivers as well for San Francisco. But I don't think there's a good answer for that. He could give you seven and be fine. He could give you zero and be yeah. fine. Yeah. Like it right. And he also, right. on the flip side, like he could give you 12, which is an amazing return. And it's just not good enough because two tight ends, good right. tight ends, when gave nuclear. You 18 or 20. And there's just no way to make up the points. Well, I think if he had 12 and other tight ends at like 18 or 20 at their price points, 12 would still be valuable. But if if Kittle and Kelsey nuke, you need them both. Yeah, and and probably, but this is where there's a domino effect. Not if like Ray Ray McLeod gives you 18. Like if there's other value that also does well, then you don't need to make up the raw points from tight ends. Right, right. So it's, exactly. That's but why it's a tough like question a to answer. There's different variables because yeah. you know there's a million different variables here that, like, oh, you had two tight ends that were good, but then really what you needed was was Amon Ross St. Brown and Brandon I. Like you know, there's just it could go a million different ways. Uh, final thoughts on this backfield for Baltimore. I got to hold your feet to the fire here and see where you're going with them. I think that justice Hill is the perfect type of pay down guy because he doesn't need volume. He may get some, but you give him those swing passes. He's an explosive player. He could really free up some salary for you. You can attach him to Lamar. I think running him without Lamar is super interesting because everyone is saying the same thing. Oh, I'll attach him to Lamar. Like what if you just run justice Hill? I think it's viable for sure. For sure. And then you're getting Brock Purdy or golf lineups or something like that. You got to just try to be different. Two game slates are all about, I've always said this. You want to be different without being stupid. Easiest way to be different, play, uh, you know, some seventh string running back. No one's going to do that. He'll be super low owned. Yeah. And you're going to lose. That doesn't help anybody. (laughs) And if you are targeting a guy that gets some opportunities in the passing game out of the backfield for Baltimore, it's clearly Justice Hill over literally anyone else. Yep. And on the flip side, this is where, again, line of construction, like I think you could target Gus Edwards with Lamar because I think who the you're hell right. wants to do that. 
Yep. You're at, look, against Miami, he had five for 64 and a touchdown through the air. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Fort Lamar scores twice in the ground, and so does Edwards. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, right. Wide receiver. So the Debo news is huge. If he doesn't play, uh, I, you're going to have to look at Jawan Jennings. Am I crazy to say that you have to at least consider guys like Conley and, and Ray Ray McLeod? Definitely not. It's just tricky because there's, you know, there's not just one of them. You got those two, Ronnie Bell, uh, Jennings. It's it's a little crowded. It is, but Ronnie Bell didn't play last week. McLeod and Conley both did. So I'm going off of that. That's fair. Very fair. You know, like if that if that's the case, I think you saw you saw Debo play 14%, only nine snaps, right? Out of 64. And then yeah, Ronnie Bell, I don't even think was active. Conley played 39% of snaps. McLeod played 28. And they can use McLeod in some weird ways, which is kind of unique, right? Jennings played 64% of snaps. I think they'd all be at least viable because sure, you might grab a zero, but if you have that rogue Ray Ray McLeod or Chris Conley touchdown, that's going to go a really long way at minimum salary. Plus, it is objectively the best matchup for opposing pass catchers on the slate. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's no no argument that the Lions secondary you mentioned is riddled with un unresolved and issues that they cannot fix. It's just not that good of a unit. If Debo plays, do you have any concerns if he's just like DNP and then limited on Friday or S Saturday or whatever? And I, I I actually have some concerns about that shoulder there if this lingers throughout the whole week, even if he plays. I I, I definitely am concerned. I think that one of the things though is always the balance. If it's not about how concerned you are, it's about how concerned are you versus how concerned everyone else is. Great call. Because yeah. if he's four percent owned, I'm playing Debo. You cannot stop me from doing that. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean I'm less concerned, though. It just means I'm willing to take the risk. But I think it is. I mean, how often has Debo played with injuries and then within the game he's in and out, he's hurt, he's not. We've like, seen him. We saw it this year. I worry about that. Yeah. Me too. Man, if Debo doesn't play, though, I love George Kittle. Oh, George Kittle, yeah. I mean, he benefits. There's almost some, like, you know, we've talked about uh, with the Eagles before, like how Goddard gets a boost with certain guys in or out, him and Smith uh, kind of work. Like, when George Kittle has to step up, he seems like a direct beneficiary uh, of Purdy's targets when Debo's hurt. Without question. And he's also not just a a tight end that you throw the ball eight yards downfield and he goes down and moves the change. He's a, he's chains. He's a legitimate yards after catch guy as well. Oh, absolutely. Kittle's but amazing. I mean, would become stellar. McCaffrey's already great. If Debo plays though, how do you approach the rest of the pass catchers? I think, you know, still pretty straight up. I think you're going to downgrade Debo a little bit um, from where you'd play it. And really any combination, we said this last week, I think you're going to say it this week. Any combination of Niners is good. I think you can run all their weapons without Purdy, particularly with Lamar on this slate. Uh, you can run any combination of them with Purdy. I'd say counterintuitive, if you're looking for just weird, I'd say the skinny Niner stack is the weirdest stack that you could do. Maybe like Purdy McCaffrey would be very strange. I agree. I don't know how much I love it, but I agree. I don't like it at all. Yeah, definitely be different. I think you can also just go like, you could easily just go McCaffrey Ayuk without Purdy. I think that's going to be popular. Kittle McCaffrey without Purdy. I think that'll be very popular. But I would you go three Niners without Purdy? 
I would. One of them. But, one of them would have to be McCaffrey. Yeah, I have no problem with. I, again, is it like the most logical thing in my mind? No, but particularly with Lamar, there isn't chance that Lamar just goes so crazy that it doesn't matter what any stack does. Uh, you just want Lamar. Well, that happened last week. Like it was like, oh, all these stacks are amazing. It didn't matter. You just wanted Lamar, and you'll figure out the rest. You could have had five Buccaneers with Lamar, and it would have worked out. What are you doing in like this middle range? The there really isn't one. There's Rashi Rice against Baltimore. There's Zay Flowers against Kansas City, and then you're just getting down the cheap options immediately. It is. I mean, there's one guy in the five K range, in the whole slate, um, and it's Zay Flowers. I actually think it's a pretty good tournament play uh, because most people are looking for value or they're looking for straight top end wide receivers. I think that's the mindset. No one's looking to pay a middling price tag. And I think that Zay Flowers is an explosive player. He's a good stack. He was quiet last week. I'm actually going to look to get over on him uh, looking at my first runs here. Okay. I can appreciate that. I mean, you get down to Juwan Jennings, who's definitely a good player if Debo's out. Uh, if he's in, I can't I can't say I have a ton of interest in Juwan Jennings if Debo plays. But then you're getting down, this is what you're getting down to. And I think, look, I'm not trying to just beat around the bush here with, 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 with like no analysis at all. But I really do think this could be one of those slates where you're just going, all right, I'll have some Jamison Williams. I'll have some Rashad Bateman. I'll have some MVS. Maybe I'll have some Hardman. If Debo's out, I'll have some McLeod or some Con. Like, I, I just think that's the type of slate that this, oh, maybe I'll have a little Odell Beckham. Because when I look at all these guys, plus we don't know if Sky Moore returns. I think it's a good possibility he does. We don't know if Kadarius Tony is back. Do they mix all of these guys in? So now you have Watson, Tony, Hardman, MVS, Sky, all of them. It's gross. So I think this one, I mean, I can tell you right now, I will rely on the Sims here 100%. However, I'm telling you, if I end up getting super overexposed to one of these cheap guys, I will negatively boost him a little bit so it's more spread out because I really don't think there is a clear-cut winner down here at the bottom of wide receiver, but I think it's a real possibility that you're going to need one of these guys when all is said and done. Yeah, I feel the same way. You got a bunch of guys that are going to see three to five targets, and one of them probably turns one of those into a touchdown, and it's almost impossible to know who. Lately, it's been it's been Josh Reynolds, uh, but for the same price, it could have been Jamison Williams. And we'll see what's up with Khalif Raymond. Maybe he comes back right. and makes it even more confusing. So that is something that I think you just have to live with. It's it's always a uh, difficult thing in my mind to wrap around where it's like none of these guys, just because we can't predict, it doesn't mean it's not useful. It just means that it's very, very difficult. And it's kind of just macro. I'm going to have a little exposure to a bunch of them and some will do terrible. Some will do good. And I'll work with the ones that, that get there. I mean, even, even Nelson Aguilar is viable. They got That's what I mean. five touchdowns on the season and Lamar will look to him once they get into the red zone, Ben, like that's just another example of a guy where if, if, if Aguilar has 10, if he has, you know, three, if he has two for 20 and a touchdown, that could be very valuable on a slate like this. So, yeah, I'm spreading out exposures. I'm with you. Keep an eye on, on that Raymond news. 
Yeah, that could be significant for sure. Uh, by the way, weekly sims are still down there, guys, uh, for, for anything you're looking for. I know it's late in the year, but just letting you know. Also, uh, if you're not in these pick'em states that that have like sleeper or pro like me in Pennsylvania, I only have legal sports betting. Got a better one for you because BetMGM right now is is doing five bucks on a bet into one hundred and fifty eight dollars in bonus bets. It's that simple. You bet five dollars, you get one hundred and fifty eight dollars in bonus bets. Um, at the end of the day, the simplest way to look at it is. You take two minutes to sign up and verify yourself. You deposit five, bet it on whatever you want. If you win, say you have like a 10 leg parlay for this, you win, you get paid out and you still get $158 in bonus bets. If you lose, who cares? Get 158 in bonus bets regardless. Uh, and I said to Ben the other day, I was like, man, worst case scenario is you lose your initial $5 stake and then you go on a terrible run and lose all $158 in bonus bets. At the end of the day, you're not losing any sleep because you're down five bucks. And you astutely pointed out that actually you would have lost more than five bucks had you not done it because you'd have been making those bets elsewhere and lost all of that money. So realistically, you could be down 160 bucks, $163 in real money when really you're only down five. Yeah, it's that that's the beauty of bonus bets. It's not just that you get them. It's that it's going to replace bets that I, I don't know about you. I would have made those bets. I don't just like invent bets for them. I'm like, right. oh. Sweet. I was going to bet this and now I can use my bonus bet. So yeah, it's, it's $10, throw in 10 bucks, bet five, and you are in business. Really good opportunity. We see this every year. And Luffy, I know you know this because we're, we kind of work in the industry at this point. When the NFL ends, these offers are going to go away. They're, They're not stupid. They're not going to throw them for baseball. So if you want to build your bankroll, now is honestly the time to do it with these type of things. You probably won't get them until like college football college football started maybe nba playoffs maybe and that's unlikely too maybe march madness but that you don't know this is not yeah. the same as nfl it's never the same so bet five get 158 in bonus bets link is in the description and in chat if you're looking to take advantage of that and remember got to be 21 years or older to gamble if you have a gambling problem please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER all right tight end this is this is kind of simple for me and i i don't know how often how much i need to say on one hand, I do think Noah Gray is viable, okay? I really do. Just know, knowing what we know right now, minimum salary at tight end is $2,500. That's $500 less than minimum salary at wide receiver. It's $1,500 less than, than minimum salary at, at running back. Ben pointed it out earlier. That's huge, especially if a guy like Gray finds the end zone and has two for 20 in a score. That goes a long way. Um, I already like George Kittle. He would be by far my number one tight end if Debo Samuel is out, though. By far. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I thought you were going to – I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk about Andrews a little bit because he's the mystery. I'm letting you do that. I, I'm okay. just – all I was saying is what I already mentioned, that Noah Gray and George yep. Kittle, uh, I think, have real utility. George Kittle would be amazing if if – if Debo's out and popular, no, obviously. No doubt about it. Obviously, Kelsey is the most expensive. He showed real life last week. He's going to be busy. They're going to have to try to get him the ball. Mark Andrews, to me, is the, is the trickiest thing. I think ownership will tell the story. Could he be 100%? I guess, but I assume he would have played last week. Could he be 20% and they're just throwing him out there? I guess. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's where it's very, very tricky. The other question, and we had this from Chatteretti, will you play Zach Ertz? If he's activated, 
I'm not looking to do that. I, I don't think I, I'm not going to say never, but I I'd say doubtful that I'll do that. I just don't really see the need to do it. I don't see the need to do it. We saw Sam Laporta was not a hundred percent in the wild card round. However, in the divisional round, he looked a lot different. He looked a lot healthier. He played almost 90% of snaps was super involved. Didn't he have nine receptions? I think on like 11 targets, uh, it, bringing in Zach Ertz is nice and all, but I mean, even in Arizona, even when he was getting targeted heavily, these were, by the way, Zach Ertz is not a yards after the catch guy at all. Like this is a five, six yard reception, five, eight. And are you, I don't know, man, if I end up being wrong that they target Zach Ertz in the, in the end zone and he scores, then so be it. I can live with that. They also, so a couple of things here. He's also not even the minimum. Like I'd rather just go to $2,500 gray. Yeah. This is all the, the talk about this is because Brock Wright got hurt. Um, they also brought in Ferkster. Like, I don't think it's just a given that it's Ertz. And I don't, I, this is just an unnecessary risk for me. Something I'm basically ignoring. Me too. If I'm ranking these guys, I'm going. So difficult to rank them. It's so tough. Well, you agree. Kittle won if Debo's out. No? Yeah. Kittle, Kel, I mean, it's Kittle, Kelsey, Laporta, Andrews for me, but that's really difficult. I think I'd still put Kittle number one, regardless. Um, yeah. Kelsey number two, Laporta three, Andrews four. However, if Andrews' ownership is is really tamped down by the uncertainty of his workload, like you were talking about with Debo then I absolutely want to get to more Mark Andrews. I can say that right now. I would absolutely be interested in getting to more Mark Andrews if he is low-owned because no one really knows what's going on with him. Yeah, I, I mean, again, that is always huge. And the related to that question, we just said, what if Noah Gray is pulling significant ownership? I'd be more likely to just not punt a tight end then Agreed. than play another punt tight end. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there are any other viable. Like, I'm not going to pivot to Ertz. Oh, That's, he's asking like is is Ertz to pivot? Which makes sense. I just I would re I would build differently before I pivoted to Ertz. Same. Yeah, I, I would yeah. I mean, I already think I'm probably gonna end up, I don't know this, but my guess is I end up with a lot of two tight end lineups because I don't really see why Laporta and Kittle should be, you know, cheaper than Zay Flowers, for example, right? Um even Rashi Rice being 1300 1200 or whatever more than those guys I don't really I don't really see why Ayuk should be $1600 more than Kittle although I love Brandon Ayuk in a spot like this all I'm saying is that the tight end pricing is just cheaper in general yep if if you stuck a wide receiver title on Sam LaPorta or on Mark Andrews or on George Kittle dude I don't think they're 52 $5300 no, it's just it's just position scarcity, honestly. Like that's there, and for this slate in particular, you're going to see a ton of people double at the tight end because you should. They're they're by far the most favorable position on this slate, and I'm fine with that. I think that's going to be one of the fascinating builds uh, of the week, which is like, how can we break this down? We're going to obviously be back and talking about it as we get closer to kickoff on Sunday, baby. And then we yeah. got the sim strategy show on Friday. Tournament strategy Saturday. We got a lot coming up for you guys. 
Of course, a lot of stuff going on today as well. NBA Deeper Dive Live Before Lock for tonight's slate. Do you have any golf content going on today? Yesterday, golf is live because oh, of I... the NFL. They didn't want to go up against NFL, so oh, golf is Wednesday so they went Saturday. Wednesday through Saturday. We did our show yesterday. You can, you can obviously check that out, and you know about the golf sims, all the tools you're seeing for NFL. They're in the PGA streets. It's just it's what we're doing right now, and it's changing the game. I'm very excited about it. No doubt, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always. Follow Ben at DFS on Twitter if you're not already. Me at Lafay underscore D. Shout out to Jordan for producing this one, and we'll see you back here for the next one. Ben and Ben and I will be back on Sunday breaking this all down once again, and we'll definitely have a lot more information. So be sure to join us. Later, guys. Have a great rest of the day.